0: Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I have three starting points, I think. I think they're all connected to the same bubble, though. But I have three framings for what I believe to be the same starting point I just don't know what that is so let me let me tell you the three framings uh, that's on me okay last night I started writing a poem I was out doing karaoke and I started doing a poem uh, entitled the grass is greener and and I'm I'm maybe halfway done with it, it, it and when I write I, I have to do what's called an ugly draft or what I call a shitty draft and then later, I start like cleaning it up. So it's definitely in the ugly draft phase. So, as it is right now, it is premised to be about how we think life is better in somebody else's world, but really the grass is greener on our side. So, I'm so far it's entitled The Grass is Greener. I don't know if that's going to be the final title, but it's about. The grass is greener on this side of the fence not necessarily grass is greener in somebody else's yard so i'm just gonna just hold that for a second the grass is greener knowing that i'm saying the grass is greener in my yard as opposed to saying the grass is greener over there in somebody else's yard okay okay so the grass is greener the other thing is um i was um Like the last couple of days I've been, I get into this mode where I like go out and do social and I go out and maybe have drinks or dinner or coffee with friends, but I stack it and then I'm like, and then I go, I kind of go in a bubble and I go into deep introversion after that. So I can go weeks without hanging out. Uh, so yesterday I, I hung out with one person and then the day before I hung out with two people at two different times and all men. Um, yeah, that was good. And unfortunately it's, un- it's unfortunate I'm going to make this qualifier, but they were all black men. Um, just because I don't get a chance to do that enough. And so that felt so good. <laughs> um, I do have white male friends, and I I love hanging out with them, but um, it just felt really good. And anyway, so I hung up with three guys in the last three days, all platonic. And um, so the guy yesterday, he gave me a saying I had never heard. And the saying was... Um, The dog is sitting on a nail because he doesn't hurt. I don't have it. I don't have it quoted right. So don't look it up. He said it's a common saying. I have never heard of it. But this dog is sitting on a nail. And we all think that could be uncomfortable, but it's not hurting the dog. So he's not moving because it doesn't hurt. So we went into this conversation about this saying, and I, it made me think of another saying that I had gotten from this book called, um, essentialism. And in that book, the author says, if it's not a hell, yes, it's a no. And when we try to make decisions, they be like, Oh, I'm, I'm on the fence. And, and he's saying, if it's not a hell, yes to that thing, like a hell yes, then it's a no, it's pretty simple. That's not an, e- that's, uh, that philosophy is awesome, but it's not easy to always apply. So those are the three things. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. The dog is sitting on a nail because it doesn't hurt and the grass is greener. All of those things I think connect to one bubble. And that's what I'm going to process on the other side of the disclaimers. Hey, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two theories that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, pushing those two systems together. I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background. Um, this project is unedited. It's unscripted. To know more about it or me, feel free to go to my website at com. Okay. Let me do a little bit of housekeeping and then I'm going to get into this bubble That has three possible uh, starting points. We are. As of this recording right now. The one you're listening to. We are at. um, 23 episodes for the season. I have two more remaining. And I'm going to do them all today. I did not think. I was going to get to the last day. Of the season. With three episodes to record. But honestly when i do these reflections they take they do take a lot out of me i don't know how there was a time when i was doing 100 episodes per season and i don't even know how i was doing 50 episodes per per season but there was a time when i was like when i dropped down to 25 episodes per season i'm like how am i gonna do it i have so much to process well one thing that has been happening um and I think it's because I did drop down to 25 episodes per season is that I've been doing using my creative energy in different ways. So I've been writing poetry. Um, I've been writing essays. I've kicked out a few this year. Um, and I've been doing using my creative energy for my business. And when I was kicking out all those episodes, I really wasn't using my, uh, that's where all my creative energy went. Don't judge me for that, but it's true. Like, whether it was good or bad, that's where a lot of my creative energy went. And so, um, I was thinking, uh, last, well, I was going to say last night, but so last night, <laughs> I went to bed early, like, seriously, maybe about three or four o'clock in the after- afternoon. And then I woke up and, uh, I woke up at about, 12 30 in the morning and I was like let's go do some karaoke <laughs> but anyway um, I was thinking about this um, episode I listened to on a husband and wife's ep- uh, podcast that's the one that's called personality hacker and he had this guy I always struggle with his name I don't know why I want to I'm not gonna even try I always struggle with his name but he's somebody that If you listen to that podcast, you know that they, Dr. Dario Nardi or something like that. They, and he's pretty good. And I believe he, I'm almost certain he's an INTJ. And what I love about him is that he doesn't fit the stereotype of the INTJ. And I'm like, yes. And he defends that. And anyway, so he's, 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 he's really good. But anyway, so he's been in his research. He's been talking about these subtypes and, um, and, uh. So all of the sixteen personalities have these four, excuse me, these four different uh, subtypes. And um, and anyway, so one of the subtypes is create uh, something like like a creative subtype. I don't, I probably don't have it right exactly, but um, I've talked about this a couple of times. So you have to go back and listen to some other episodes. But anyway, as I when I listened to that there were three three out of the four I resonated with a lot now the fourth one I could say yep I can see when I've done that but I never lived there I've never lived in that fourth subtype but these other three it was confusing because I've been I've lived there a lot and so I'm like well which one is my primary one which is which subtype is primary for me I do not want to fall into a rabbit hole, so I'm not gonna get in there. but one of their subtypes is the creative subtype, and um one is a dominant subtype, and then one is kind of like um more integrated where it, this this particular subtype has access to can access a lot of the cognitive functions because of you know life experiences and work and their age and all of that so naturally being fifty two years old. And a person that has been in leadership and I've had to, and and, and as an educator, um, educating different demographics and different populations. I don't have the luxury of going, I'm an INTJ and INTJs don't do that. So I have not had the luxury of being in a box. And being that I'm an INTJ and effectiveness is important to me. Um, I've had to stretch myself. Forget my comfort zone. If I'm about being effective and the people I'm serving requires me to be something else, then I, I stretch myself to do that. Now, just like a rubber man. I can stretch, but I always come back. And so, anywho, um, anyway, anyway, so one of the subtypes is, um, like, kind of like a creative subtype. So yesterday or early this morning when I was out, I was like, yeah, I really, really am creative. But my creativity and it has taken on different forms. So I don't think I've had the luxury of being able to say, I'm creative in this one way. Literally, I've been creative in different ways. All right, poetry. I um, developed curriculum. I have, de- I have developed several organizations uh, for and three of um out of those four organizations that I've f- designed if you will three of them were incorporated right when I was a young girl like four I would put on these little shows for my family I would design I would um um direct and what do you call it not engineer produce shows um and I would write songs. And, um, and I think being an educator, dev- I said developed curriculum and all of that. And I've written books, all right? So all of that is creativity. And, um, in when I turned 40, which is 12 years ago, um, I started doing karaoke and um which was a really big stretch for me to be in front of people and i'm not a singer i sing okay i literally sing okay but i was my sister is a singer she sang she doesn't doesn't sing she sings (laughs) she is really really good i always say to her when she sings like the angels come out and just like sit at her feet she's really really good so i don't sing like that i'm good enough to do karaoke and so but one of the things about karaoke of like getting over stage fright, right? Getting over my insecurities of not being the singer that my sister has, like all of these have been stretching points for me. Um, I have been forced to learn how to perform, which is really a challenge because Like they're probably like you. You performing like you can sing, but baby, you can't sing. Doesn't matter, you know. Really learning how to perform, and for me, performing really isn't about. And I know that I shouldn't say this. If you're a real performer, you're probably like, I got it all wrong, and I know that I do. But for me, performing isn't about the audience. It should be probably, but it's not. For me, performing is about expression, and in that performance, and that. Just like with all of my creativity I get to express something I get to get something out of me so anyway I think it's safe to say I'm a creative okay um so um I was writing this um I don't even know why I went down that rabbit hole but um that's kind of what I was thinking about last night I'm really creative as I was. Sitting there waiting for my turn In the rotation of, of karaoke If you've done karaoke you know that there's a A rotation and uh, I simply was like oh while I wait Let me open up my Writing app on my phone and I started writing uh, The grass is greener So that's a That's a really good place to start entering into this Reflection I think I just told you all of that It's up to say that Um I am a creative. Um, I think it's hard for me to reconcile that sometimes because we think of creative as like poetry, visual arts, performance art. We don't always think of creativity as um, developing curriculum, um, developing programs, developing businesses, right? I think of that as more innovation, but I mean, you can't be innovative if you're not creative. So it is what it is. Um, So anyway, so, so the grass is greener. The dog is sitting on the nail because he doesn't know, because it doesn't hurt. And if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And you're like, how do these come together? And so, let me just back out of these three sayings, and let me just tell you what's been on my mind. Where let me tell you what the bubble I think all of those sayings um, are related to. So, um, I think I said we have three, two So we have three episodes, two after this one, and I got to do it all on one day, and um, I still struggle with that concept because, like, I'm like, I, I hate. Having to do three in one day. I really do. But it is what it is. That's where we are. And one of the things that I do at the end of every season. Particularly when the season ends in December. Is to think about goal setting. And to reflect on the year. So I think about where I've been for the year. And I think about where I want to go. So those three sayings are coming out of that bubble of thinking about where I want to go. Now, because I'm a person that's really committed to growth and reflecting and self-actualizing, the reality is I set goals. I don't just do goals at the end of the year. I follow a teacher and educator schedule. So the academic year ends in June. So a lot of times I set goals for the summer. Then when the school year begins up again in, January, um, in, in um, September, I set goals again. So there are different points throughout the year that will inspire me to set goals. But this one that the, the season we're in now where we wrap up the year and we say, okay, where have I been? Where do I want to go? And one of the things I do, and I have done this in the last week, is I've gone back and I started consuming a lot of my old reflections from a year ago particularly at the end of 2022, where they, whether they were my audio reflections publicly, I have audio reflections that I do privately, and I do my writings, my journaling. And I'm like, okay, where was my mind at last year? And how did I do with goals that I set? And how did I do with those goals before I started talking about setting some new goals? So that's kind of, where I've been and that's where I am that's where I how I want to focus this reflection I don't want to commit I don't want to lock myself into any goals I just want to let you know that as um in my final three episodes and as today is the last day of 2023 unfreaking believable that's where my mind is at like are you really moving forward or are you just reflecting this is Excuse me, I have to challenge myself every year. People set New Year's, People don't like setting New Year's re- resolutions. You know why? Because those people don't achieve them. But I'm not that girl. I set re- uh, resolutions, and I really work hard to achieve them. And most of the time I do. But when I don't, and there are times when I don't achieve them, I have to go, what? What is that? So this time last year, I was confronting, I was dealing with that job. I was in the middle of it. We didn't know it was closing at that At this time last year, we didn't know it was closing. I think we've probably found out like maybe a week into the new year that they were going to try to close our organization. Uh, But but, so before I knew it was closing, I still was contending with some challenges about the job. And, you know, I've talked about this where the job felt so yummy. It felt so perfect. Like it fit my personality. I felt like that job used more of my skill set it it on the just on so many ways it was perfect, but it wasn't because I had to confront two things that were very new for me, two novel experiences that I had never wrestled with, so it's not like I had some kind of resolution about it, some kind of conviction about it. it was strictly brand new one of the resolutions one of the convic- one of the experiences one of the novel experiences was that i was on a three person directorship team and i had never done that before either i was the, the director director the boss or i wasn't even if i was like middle manager i was but this time i was the i did i wasn't the boss and you, and that's not, I mean, I've been in jobs before I wasn't the boss, but what was difficult about the position, and it was hard for me to admit that it was difficult, but it really was difficult. What was difficult this time last year was that my boss saw these executive skills and talents that I had. I wasn't in the executive role. So while we were on his three directorship team, she actually was the senior director. And I, and she wasn't even the executive, like she didn't really have executive decision making. So it was this really murky place of having somebody seeing that I had these executive level skills, being excited to use them because maybe the year before that I had resolved in my resolution that I'm not doing any more jobs that only use 80% of my talent because that's a hard thing. I mean, you know, at some point in my life, I would have been like, Oh my gosh, I'm using 80% of my talent. And I, I really had to accept that 80% of my skills are, it's not enough. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I got that wrong. I think in 2021, excuse me, 2022, I was making a resolution that I must, if I take a job, I must use 80% of my talents. So for me, because I had gone out after leaving leadership and I'm not going to talk about my story about hardship and having to climb, you know, climb back out of, get back on my feet. But getting on my feet meant taking jobs simply because of the pay and not because of it could use my, all of my talents. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. So, I think in 2022, no, 2021, yeah, I think it was 2021, I resolved, I'm not doing that again. I will not take another job that does not use uh, almost all of my talents, my skills. And I think I also had said at some point, nope, that's not true. I'm sorry, you guys, because I'm trying to cover two years right now. In 2021, I I think I made a declaration that I will not take a job if it doesn't use at least 80% of my skills. That's what it was. So I think in 2021, I was like, the job has to use 80% of my talents. If you're listening to me and you're talented, really chew on this. Like, I don't know what your percentage is. I don't know what your conviction should be. But I do want you to, I do want to challenge you to think about it. Because I had to think about it. I'm sitting with these talents and these skills. Well, what percentage of those skills must I use to to make money? I never thought about it before. But the reality is, it's horrible. It's horrible to do a job and you can't use your talents. It's horrible. Because then what do you do with that skill and that knowing? For me, a lot of my talents are related to knowing. And I have a huge desire and appetite to go and take action to solve. I've been thinking about that too in the last couple of days, particularly as it relates to my family. As I don't think I struggle with this in work anymore, but and I've said this, you guys, I've said this before, and and, and I've said this too. <laughs> there are a number of things that are, I'm getting to the point where I'm recognizing there are a number of things on repeat, and I have to like really challenge myself. Like, yo, you saying that? Well, why are you on repeat? And, saying that is it because you're not taking action and that's possible but that's not going I'm not going to process that further here for this reflection but i've been thinking about how i am incredibly sensitive in my intimate spaces particularly in family intimacy and i've been emotional not emotional the way other people in my family would probably want me to be but not emotional all the same and that does that's disjointed to how I see myself in the world now I know um, I'm INTJ I'm tertiary FI I know that there is there's a feeling in me but for the most part When I get into those intense spaces where those feelings, I kind of know what to do with them. I know what that's about. But in this thing that I'm going through with my family with this, um, this my person, you know, dealing with stage four cancer. I'm really confronted with a lot of emotions and feelings. I don't like it because it's just sitting there like, well, what? We're just going to feel it. I'm not going to just sit around and feel the feelings. I'm just not going to do that. But the way this, the, the power structure of the family unit, I can't just take action. And that's where, that's what my feeling is for. My feeling helps me to make to take action for that te. It is, and I I did this reflection a couple of years ago. When te is not able to do te, then it's like the big brother not covering little sis not covering uh, FI and it's horrible. It's horrible. And so I just have been thinking about that. Like, yo, I'm not so, I don't have these feelings to just sit there and feel them. And truth be told, I think that in, in host conversation about creativity, I think that the, the fact of the matter is my creativity is, is driven out of feeling and uh, excuse me, FI and where um you know i get to do the the um the analytical side of me and um, and i told somebody recently and i've said this to you guys before when i'm crying like when i feel so intensely and i'm crying i write poetry and it's so sad and it's so dark but that's me crying. Now you guys have heard me talk about, oh, I'm having a fi, fi sensation and I get a little emotional then. And um, I don't have the time to do it. But one thing, if I had the time, I would go back and listen to all my episodes of when I actually break down and cry because I've done that, right? You know, I you know when my dad died, I cried. When my aunt died uh and, you know and i've had moments where i've like allowed myself to cry i don't think it's been 10 times but so we're sitting at almost 375 episodes let's just say 10 times i've cried i don't think it's been 10 times i think it's somewhere around 5 to 7 but all the same i have cried not like i've i've done more than like i literally have cried and that is an ac- exercise of growth because I didn't do that before. So now I'm at an age stage in my life where I value the emotions. I value what they mean for me. And I also understand that if I repress those emotions and I don't get them out, then it, it, it puts me in a dangerous place. That That suppression or repression of those emotions is not good. So, you know, I'm trying to lean more into the, if the, 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 I got to cry, I just got to cry, I got to get it out. But even in doing that, I'm doing that in this project. My family don't see me cry. My co-workers don't see me cry. My fam, my friends don't see me cry. I've cried more in this project than I, have. and I cry at home, but mostly when I cry, I write Poetry very, very dark. I want to, and I want to publish those poems, but I'm like, dear God, (laughs) if anybody read those poems, they'd be like, get help. But, um, those poems, when I'm crying in those poems, I don't like the intensity of the feelings of the emotion. I don't like it. So then I have to analyze it. And so those poems are very analytical. Very dark, very heavy, so anyway, there is the emotion part of me, and um, and I think all of that was um, said to just let you know like there is that emotional side, how I handle it is by taking action, and when i can 't act um, when i can 't take action, I then become analytical, so as we 're dealing with this. Uh, my person being sick, um, and and I'm learning that that not having a emo- not expressing emotion is really familial, and it's interesting because a lot of feelers are in the family, and I've been thinking. I mean, this is going to send me into another rabbit hole. And I don't, I don't want to stay here. So, I, oh my gosh, this is going to send me a rabbit hole. But I've been really thinking about feelers. Who don't emote. They don't release that emotion. And so that's one thing. I've also been thinking about feelers. Who don't have emotional intelligence. I was reading it. Looking at an article or some some content yesterday about. When you're highly intuitive and, and you have high emotional intelligence. Like when those two come together. Just because that F is at the top of your stack. Doesn't mean you have emotional intelligence. And so it has taken me a while to really understand that. But anyway. So the family is primarily made up of feelers. Yet they don't deal with their feelings. Come on now. Somebody help me make sense of that. Anyway, that that's a rabbit hole waiting for me. I'm just going to bypass it. But. What happens is that me being an analytical person and not liking feeling that becomes backed up and congested, then I start trying to analyze it and trying to engage. And my family, I mean, those feelers don't want to analyze feelings because they're feelers, right? Um, And then they go to that. So if you're FE at the top of your stack, then your thinking function is TI, and T I tertiary function is a lot of it is defensiveness. So when we go to that tertiary function, it's in the defensive mode. That I definitely am going to tell you that about me as an F I right in F I tertiary. And so, um, and so then that I, I just have never. I, first of all, T I is is a, is a sore spot for me. Because it's not TE, but it's thinking. It's thinking all the same, so I have enough respect for it. But then it's not TE, it's TI. It's it's introverted, and it's just a different type of thinking. Um, But then when that TI is tertiary, oh, oh my God. You know, we've been hearing a lot about the weaponization, the weaponization of the government, the weaponization. You know, you guys know I follow politics. So there's the weaponization of the the, the Justice Department, the weaponization of government, whatever. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, anyway, I'm gonna leave that one alone. But but the weaponization of that tertiary ti, oh my god. Anyway, so um, I find that I'm in the family. I am like one of the only people in my family. That can just really sit with the emotion and can confront it. And I'd like to believe that makes me healthier. I don't know that for sure, though. But they do their feeling different, like a lot. Like my sister does her feeling in service. It's such a beautiful thing to watch for her to see her serve. To really understand what people need and wanting to make them feel good. And she feels good when they feel good. So she enters into some type of service. I really like that. It ain't me. But I'm I always say, I'm glad you exist. And the other thing as related to this, I've been really cut off from the top of my stack. My NE and T has always been, you know, it's it's been cut off from the family. And it's taken me a long time to understand why, primarily because um my N.I. is a threat. My N.I. as an observer, catching those patterns, and then my T.E. being trained, you know, I'm trained to understand what, what those repressed emotions are, and I am trained in. I've I've learned. I've studied emotions. Well, I would say I've studied emotions a little bit. Not a lot, but I've studied emotions. I study what happens when it's repressed, and that woundedness. I've studied woundedness more than I've studied feelings, but they relate to each other, and so you combine me being. A seer and a seer, a knower, in an environment that's trying to mask that feeling, and you you try to mask it, you mask it with other people, but you don't mask it. For me, I'm a seer, and then I attach it to these this research, right, to literature, to theories, to statistics. About the thing I'm observing, I'm a threat to an a space that's trying to hide, or deny, or project out something different. So I strongly believe that that is why my NT is not celebrated. There's no real room for me to be in my NT mode, the top of my stack. So it it renders me at feeling introverted feeling, and what to do with that. So it's it's a it's um it's a it's a lot. I'm very thankful to understand kinda of what's happening and all that. But so I just said all of that to say that that's one thing that I'm contending with now that I am in this family space in a heightened way, more than I would normally be. Normally I just would be like, I'm gonna do my thing, you do you, I'm gonna do me but I don't have the luxury of walking away. I don't have and then when I do like I'm doing that now I feel guilty because my person I just can't imagine my person not needing help um and that's that's tricky but not needing you know I can't I just I just imagine being in stage 4 cancers being scary I don't want that. I don't want her dealing with that on her own. But there's no dealing with it. It is a real. I've said all of this just to let. I think the bottom line of why I went into this ridiculous rabbit hole is, it is very difficult to know that somebody is is facing a terminal illness. In. You know, some people, when they face a terminal illness, they have some level of peace and, and all of that, right? It's not that. And because of this, my relationship with this person, because this person, I was raised to see this person's most, this person and their vulnerability, weaknesses. Because for the most part, I was, that person outsourced that vulnerability and that fear and anger outsource it to me either blame me yeah most of the time blame me for it blame me for not fixing it blame me for having the feelings that 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 individual didn't want to have that's what I grew up with so now I'm this grown up and I have the ability to be like well I'm not doing that I've done that. I've been. I've done self care. I'm like, I don't have to be in this space. I'm gonna just go home. And let, let you do the You. I'm gonna go home and be in my own world. And, but, one of the things, you know, and and and, and people have walked up to me and said, your person is so strong, and I don't want to take that away. You know, like, like it, as a person that prides myself on being strong. I wouldn't want somebody to come around and be like, yeah, you, she thinks she's strong, but she's really weak, right? I mean, even if that's the case, that wouldn't feel good to have somebody say that. So I don't want to do that to someone else. But the reality is, I don't know. I, 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 and I have felt a little guilty about this. So when people come up and say, you know, they talk about my person and kind of what's been going on. And it's getting bad, y'all. It's getting really really bad I don't even talk about it do I it's bad so when people walk up to me like oh she's so strong I have feelings about that and then I've had feelings about the feelings like whoop let let her have that let her have that strength and my thing is man I just really want you to be strong if that is what you aspire to be strong I really want you to have that I just genuinely want you to have that but I don't want you out in the world projecting strength and then when it's just the two of us all of that comes out and you weaponize it against me case in point I'm going to derail because I got a story about that illustrates this point perfectly So today is Sa uh, Sunday, it's New Year's. I mean, excuse me. It's the thirty-first. It's Sunday. Earlier in the week, I believe it was early in the week, or maybe it was maybe it was a week ago. It doesn't matter. Um, family member was having a birthday party at a at a at a club, a, par, a bar, or whatever, and. We got invited. I was going to go. I don't usually go to those things with this person. Just my relationship with this person, I wanted to go and honor that. And um, I got, It was my sister kind of was like reminding me, don't forget, we got this place to go to because my sister was in town. So I'm like, okay. So I drive to where my sister is at. And she's in the house with our person. And I said, is she going? I said to my sister, "I said, is our person going?" And my sister said, "I asked her, and she said no." So I was like, "Okay, now this is this is a this makes another point how I was raised to feel responsible for the emotional well-being and the emotional physical well-being of the person. Like I was, that burden was put on me." And it's sucky because it's a burden that was put on me that I rose to the occasion. And then there's no community to recognize that, celebrate that, affirm it. Or to even say, hey, you shouldn't have been doing that. So it's an unrecognizable accomplishment. It's an uh, unrecognizable achievement. And, you know, if a tree falls in a forest and it doesn't make a sound. it's good. How does the saying go? If the tree falls in the forest. How does that... I don't even remember how that saying goes. Something about if you don't hear it. Did it make a sound? I'm going to have to look that up. But that's the point. So... Nobody's acknowledging the work that has been put on me. And that I rose to the occasion to do. As a child. As a teenager. As a young adult. Middle age. Right? No one knows that. And so am I not doing it? If you don't get recognized for doing a thing it can be, it can be easy, it's easy to go into a question of going, did I do it? Am I doing it? Am I achieving? If achievement is not recognized, okay, here it is. If achievement is not recognized, is it achievement? Okay. I'm going to actually start trying to wrap up because like I have gone somewhere in this reflection that I didn't, This is actually something I wanted to talk about, but not in this recording. So I want to try to close it out and go to my other two episodes uh, remaining. But so I get to the house to pick up my sister and I say, hey, is our person going? My sister's like, oh, I asked her and she doesn't want to go. Okay. This is how we grew up, though. My sister was never burdened with the emotional well-being of our person. She was never burdened with that. With the emotional well-being, the physical well-being. I was. Okay. There's so much I want to say about having that burden, having that responsibility. And what does it mean as an INDJ? And what does it mean at this stage of my life? When I think about, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. The dog sitting on a nail won't move because the nail doesn't hurt damn that's deep and what was the other one I, ca- I had three i can't remember one was about the nail the hell yes oh and the grass is greener so true to form as i was raised to do and i did it again i and i i hesitated and it was a part of me was like don't 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 act out that script don't walk into that script. That's an outdated script. That was a script that you should have never had in the first place. Ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. But I did not. So, true to form, I went into the room. Our person was laying down. And I said, you don't want to go? You don't want to go for a few minutes? And our person was like, no, I'm just going to. And so she's under. she's going through a different kind of chemo. And she, so she's gone through three different types of chemo treatments, and two out of the three takes the energy so much out of her, then it really affects with her, affects her psyche. And so when her energy is low, her psych, psyche is low, her motivation, her morale, her motive—it's just low, and so it's just dark and heavy. And she was like, no, I said, you know, and I know our person to be very vibrant, very vibrant, vibrant. I grew up with her being very vibrant, going out, coming to pick us up after being at the club, you know, and popping her gum and walking in with her heels, you know, and she's such an extrovert and she loves being out, loves being with people. And I'm like... No, I actually think you need to get up, you know, because, you know, when I asked her this the other day, I said, are you, are you no longer interested in fighting? Because if you're not, if you're, if you're, if you're resigned, because there was a moment she was like, I'm just going to let the cancer win. And that is your prerogative. But let us know, you know, where you are so we can be in alignment with you. And she, you know, she's like, no, I want to fight. I want to fight. I want to live. is what she said. I want to live. So in the spirit of that, of wanting to live and fighting, I'm like, well, part of your, your spirit, not me. I don't really need to be out with people to make me feel better. <laughs> but that's what you do. You need that. And so I'm like, I think you... I said, I think you need to get up and go. I said, here's, I'll make a deal with you. If you go there and even if you're there only five minutes, if you want to come home, I will leave and drop you off at home. Don't worry about it. And She's like, I don't want to put an inconvenience on you. I'm like, nope, not an inconvenience. I'm like, nope. You know what I mean? Like, this is me standing in the gap for her and with her. This is what I did as a kid. This is the role I play. All right. And I don't, I'm not begrudging it. I, but I do want to acknowledge it That my sister doesn't play that role She plays a different role Okay So my person gets gets Up to get dressed Now we're already running late When my sister sees that my pers- Our person is getting ready to go Now that we have to wait She's frustrated Because we were already late And she's like well I'll just meet y'all there All right, We got two cars I'll meet y'all there and, uh, our person, my person with our person was like, don't leave. It's only going to take me 10 minutes. Don't leave. It was going to take her more than 10 minutes, <laughs> but that's what she said. So my sister sat down like, okay, fine. Well, my person, I, th- I may have told you guys this already. Then she just t- decides to take a phone call. I did tell you guys this story for a different reason. Um, so she takes the phone call. And my sister did not like it. Like, we're waiting on you. We already know you're not going to be able to do it in 10 minutes. And now you take this phone call with this person. You could have you done that call another time. So my sister leaves. I knew my, my person was going to have a hard time with it. I knew she was. Um, I just knew it. Because every time my sister said she was gonna leave, my person was like, Don't leave. I'm almost ready <laughs> So this time my sister didn't announce that she was leaving, she just left. So a part of me wanted to be like, Hey, she's leaving but I I didn't I just sat down and I I knew it. I knew it was the shit was about to hit the fan. I knew it. So I just sat down in the chair and I waited for our our person to finish the phone to, to stay on that call. She didn't even, she didn't even. And so she started making a, I think I told, I know I told you guys the story. So my apologies for the repeat, but she told, um, she was telling the person she was on the phone with, Oh, they're going to take me home if I'm tired. So me being me, I was like, no, no, they me. I'm going to take you home when you're tired because I want to get that rec, I want to get credit for that. That's, it's ridiculous. It is what it is. I can process that at another time, but it is what it is. So, so my person was like, what do you mean? Did she, did she, did your sister leave me? I said, well, she left. It was a wrap when my person found out that my sister had left. She had a major meltdown. It was pretty big. And it was almost like a hyperventilating cry. And I, I, as I heard it, it was like all of this emotion that had not been expressed. That was bottled up. Coming out in this one time. And I eventually told my sister later, I said, you never, you didn't get that part of her. I got it. For whatever reason, I've been designated to, to, to carry those emotions for her. It's a lot. It's a lot. And to not get, and then there'd be one thing then for her to tell the people around her to be like, well, your N.I. dom is a, is a, is a rock for me, is an emotional support for me. Uh Uh-uh, I don't get that recognition. I get recognized on all of the bad things about me. All of the bad things, things I don't do. So, I have to carry that burden. And I don't get recognized for it. And I then get recognized for being... You know, I just get talked about as a shitty person, you know. So... It is what it is. And so I said all of that to say that um, that's what it's been like. So I literally just have taken a, I just think I should name this episode Emotions, right? Because I've just been talking about my relationship with emotions. And I think it is familial because there is no recognition of the pain point there's no recognition of the of the suppression and the projection it's not it's none of it none of it no nothing right and so i am you know i've made a decision to i have come to understand that repressed emotions can be toxic can be dangerous and in my journey for being well and healthy and self actualized that means i must ha- confront and have a healthy relationship with my emotions that's not an easy thing to do when you're surrounded by people who are not following that agenda that, con- that conviction so it is what it is so so that's that's something that i don't enjoy i don't enjoy it and i think if we weren't in this season or we i don't I don't have to sit and be the carrier of the emotions the the carrier of the emotions, the analysis of the emotion and uh it's a lot it really really is a lot. it was not an easy thing to listen to my person, break down in a state of deep helplessness and all of the helplessness of having being having no control over cancer and while it's taking control over you and um, I had to be there I just had to be the one to bear witness to that and to feel all those feelings and this is really related to my starting point I don't know how to make a connection I definitely know I'm talking about what i i know what i'm talking about right now relates to those three starting points i just don't i don't know how to make the connection right now so just if you're like how does this all relate i really really believe it relates to the nail the dogs and a nail and the, the grass and the the hell the hell yes starting point but i know that one of the i don't Hold those feelings in the world. When I'm interacting in relationships. I shut it off. That's a lot. That's a lot to be responsible for. I'm not going to be responsible for that. So in my liberated self. I'm going to set my own healthy boundaries. And I'm not going to be the carrier of your emotions. So I shut it off. So now I'm in relationships. Almost emotionalist. And it's easy for me to sell people. I don't, I don't recognize those emotions, and for the most part, I don't. But I think my te has trained, is trained to not recognize it. So, but then when I'm at in the family, then I'm the one that's carrying it, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't like that, and I don't want to be the one to carry it. At all, I don't want to, but I don't know. I don't really know what to do with it. I, 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 I a part of me is like, well, do what you do with everybody else. Just ignore it. <laughs> I don't know, and I definitely don't feel like I can do that while you're, you're fighting a, a, a terminal illness. I just, I just, it's one thing to not know the emotion. And it's another thing to ignore it. Now, there are times with other people, and I know they're having their emotions. I don't give into that. I just ignore it. I'm like, mm-mm. That's you. That ain't me. I ain't responsible for it. But most of the time, it's not even registering to me because I'm on some uh, something else. I'm focused on my creativity, my analysis, my production, my doing. So... So let me try to talk about those starting points And see if I can make the direct connection If not It'll be Just really weird Like what the hell (laughs) But um, This is the first I think I said this to you guys already This is the first time In Almost Maybe over two decades that I have been home for Christmas and for New Year's. I usually leave. Well, my sister came home to do Christmas with our person who's, who lives here and then left, and the, the expectation was I was going to drive there for to my sister's for New Year's. But I didn't do it. I didn't leave. Partially. It's just a very weird time. In people's unexpressed emotions. That's not true. Unacknowledged emotions. But it's being expressed in a very unhealthy way. So I didn't go. And. Uh, so my sister called me actually yesterday. And she was like. Did you get on the road? I said no. She was like, I thought you were coming. Actually we this is a sex exchange. And I said, Well, I was gonna come. But it doesn't something feels off. It doesn't feel like it's felt in other years, like, oh, are you coming? Like the invitation didn't I didn't feel the invitation the last few times I've been there, it hasn't felt welcoming. You guys know I spent two episodes talking about being left. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, what are you gonna do? You gonna drive there and have more of that? No. Mm. So I went. I just I was like, well, if you can get up in the morning and you can get you can pack and get on the road, you're fine. But when I got off the phone, when I got done with that text exchange, I was like, no, no, just just go and do karaoke. And let's just bring in the New Year's with you. Just you owning, you're about to set some resolutions. You set resolutions every year. And the resolution that you set last year, and I didn't finish this, but the resolution that I set last year is, you know, it's like lifestyle. I think I called it totem living. To be that woman. You walk into the New Year and you own it from day one usually I'm out of town for about a week or so and then I'm like when I get home I'm going to start this new year's resolution and something was like no you're going to start it from day one on the first because you are going to bring in the new year in your own world see this this thing that you've been this role that you've been occupying not occupying that's got to stop that's just got to stop. That's hard. Because I don't want my person. To feel alone. So. My sister is just amazing. In taking care of the physical stuff. The food. And I can, I believe I could do that. But. I realized. And this, is, this isn't really new But it feel, It's not a new understanding But it feels like it's going to be a new conviction I'm not getting ready to labor And do those things In, in the absence of my top two functions I'm not getting ready to jump, drop down An inferior SE And then labor in the, in, in the sensory world cut off from my top two functions as an NIT. i don't want to do that and i don't know if you listen to me if you're if you're versed enough on cognitive functions to even appreciate it to even challenge me on it because i i'm open to being challenged on it but i need if you challenge me i need you to first understand see there's a difference between understanding and, and agreeing I need you to understand what I'm saying. Before you can disagree. Or, or even agree. I just need you to understand it. And understanding is that. It's labor. And it feels exploitive. To to serve someone. And not in, serv- and not in service. Of your cognitive function. Of your natural wiring. It doesn't feel good. And I don't want to do it. But as much as I say. I don't want to do it. I, what I want to do even less than that is to have, live with regrets. Cause I do not want to be here a year ago from now be, you know, acknowledging that I dropped the ball, that somebody needed, that my person needed me and I just dropped the ball. I really want to do the best that I can. I want to do it. I'd like to. I don't know what it's going to mean, but i every time I go to visit my sister and I've been saying this like I'm in awe of the life that she's built I'm in awe of that I'm very happy for her and i'm then I go to myself, well, why don't I have that? I used to have it I mean clearly, I know how to have um make a point um arranged like play dates with people. clearly, I know how to do that. And but something is different. Something is missing. So I don't know. In some part, in some, and this is a, a a conversation I had with guy number. So I was with three guy friends separately. So the first guy friend, um, who's sixty two, and then the uh, the second guy friend is. 38, 39, and the third guy friend is more like 36. Um, But the guy, I was thinking, the guy friend, I was with the first guy friend that's 60 years old and, and and all three of the men are in relationships, so it really, really is a platonic arrangement, okay? <laughs> all of them are in relationships. Like, live in committed relationships two of them are actually married and so one of the things that i was think the, the 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 oldest guy friend who's 60 62 rather and you know he's such he's got such a strong handle on life as in play like if i needed a play model he's that my sister is a play model for me when i go to her Town, and I go to her house, you know, and I see the different things she's doing. And she gets up and she goes. I I admire that because there was a time I lived that life, not probably as much as she did, not as frequent as she does it, but I did live a life where, okay, we're going. I got this group of friends, we're doing this, we got this group of friends, we're doing that, and somewhere I stopped having friend groups and just started having individual friends and my sister has friend groups and that's the beauty of what she has I really wish I do wish I had that but it has made me really think about why if I admire that if that's something I want why am I not doing it really why am I not doing it and as I was listening to my guy friend, the 16, 62 year old, one of the things I wonder is you like it, you want it, but do you want it enough? Do you really want it enough? Because it's going to require you to do some things that they're that uncomfortable. Like you, and like I told guy number three, guy friend number three yesterday, I said, listen, cause he was like, do you, do you want to date? Are you going to date? And, I mean, it felt so good to just talk. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Let me tell you what I, here's what, yeah. I can date if it looks like this. But if dating means I have to do what I've done in the past, then no, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. And what I want to do is have, I think, you know, I, home and hearth. Listen, I remember reading something about home and hearth, like really creating a, a space of, of belonging and safety and comfort. And I've done that. That's what I've done in the past few years. In a way, I have, I have home and hearth in my house in a way that I have never had before. I have created a home where I belong. I am safe and I'm comfortable. I did that because you guys have heard me say I outsourced it in the past. I didn't outsource this. I created it. Proud of that. And then there's a however. The however is it's just me. I created it for me. And it would it be nice to have that comfort, that safety, that belonging with other people? In that house? Oh yeah. It would be nice. But I've gotten to a place where I don't even know if I believe it's possible. So I'm like I'm not going to have somebody else in this in the space with me disrupting my paradise. Disrupting my comfort. I love my comfort too much. I'm not going to disrupt it. But that's what I want. If I'm going to date again, I want to date. And I don't think I need home and hearth where you're in my house 24-7 or I'm in your house 24-7. I don't want that. But you can come over and when you come over, it feels like we are doing this safety, comfort, and belonging together. And when I go to your house, we're doing safety, comfort, and belonging together at your house. That's what I want. I don't know how to get it I don't know how to encourage it i don't know how to I know how to build it for myself I don't know how to build it for someone else I don't even know if I should build it for someone else. That might be the problem, which speaks to this these three entrance points so I'm talking to two of the three guys about. And they both, and I, the second one didn't, didn't ask me a lot about me, which is really interesting. So the one, they, all three of them really were uh, high off their own supply. Like, I noticed that, like, they didn't really, I they really didn't. Like how I lean in and I inquire. And I didn't fawn, but I inquire and engage them. All three of them really didn't do that with me. But I felt so comfortable. I felt like my tea was so comfortable in that conversation that I could disclose and share more of myself even though they weren't inquiring and asking. I would have loved for them to inquire more. But on the flip side... I do acknowledge that my TE, those, those friendships with those men, at least those three, and even my other guy friend, my other guy friends, the white ones, my TE is just comfortable in their presence. And when it's comfortable, then that more of me comes out because I'm not asked to do the FI. They're not asking me to do the FI. There's, they're not even leaving carnage behind for me to do. Like, even if you don't ask me, when you leave the carnage, when you leave a big puddle of feelings behind, then I'm like, oh, I gotta understand this, I gotta analyze it, I gotta, you know. No, they didn't, they didn't do that, so. So the poem I started writing last night when I was out doing karaoke, The Grass Is Greener, I was juxtaposing me. I was juxtaposing my orientation against my sister. My sister's a censor. So I was basically just talking about the beauty of being a censor in a censor world. She's a censor in a censor world. I'm an intuitive in a censor world. It's a problem. It just is a problem And so uh, As I was writing that I was also aware Of why she's able I, was, I, I thought about two things Number one Why she's able to build that life The way that she's built it So I'm going to call it the sensory Sensory based social right? She's got this social life It's, it's connected to her senses and then I thought about me. I was like, oh, you know, I went into the karaoke place. There were several people I had, they hadn't seen me in a while. I hadn't done karaoke there in probably six weeks. I got the biggest hug. And I was like, this is my community. So when I'm sitting back and I'm looking at my sister's life and her world, I'm like, yo, what are you doing that for? Because you have your own you, this, this is, you got this do you have the three you had the friends that you went out with I got other people that I got um, supposed to be doing things with I, I like I told one one of the one of the guys I'm like honestly the the energy this I'm gonna say the sexual or the creative the intense energy I get from my business from my creative projects like if I go into a relationship those relationships need to give me at least that. Of how good it feels to do that, uh, I, I, yeah. So I'm not a I'm not gonna have sensory based social. I'm gonna have intuitive so intuitive social, and I don't know if F, if karaoke would be considered intuitive social. But I will say that with karaoke, I'm able to, like I was just like even the songs, like all the songs and the, the songs that they sing, all the metaphors are in the song. And the ideas that are generated. All of that. And building community around that. And truth be told. It's even building community. Not just around the ideas of the songs. But the feelings of the songs. And here you have people confronting those feelings. And so I just was like. You sit here looking at your sister's life like oh why can't I get there stop it The grass is not greener it's greener for her because that's her world that she's built as a sensor in a sensory world and she's been built this social life and this goes to the other point if I really 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 wanted the life that my sister had I could do it I could do it but the reality is... The, so I'm sitting on a nail, right? So the life that I'm, I have now, right now, is not really the life that I want, supposedly. But apparently, it's enough because if it weren't if it weren't enough, I would get my ass off the nail, right? So supposedly, this this life that I have isn't comfortable. It's not what I want, but I'm I'm here. I'm here still sitting on the nail. And I think the reason why I'm sitting on the nail. Is because it's the life that I want. So then if it's the life I'm, I want. Why am I using the metaphor of a, like, a nail and sitting on it? That is not cannot be comfortable. That's a horrible metaphor. But what about. But I think I'm using the metaphor of the nail. Because. I'm allowing the messages from the sensory world to say that the life that I am building is not enough. That the life I'm building, something's wrong with it. And 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 I think this is a tough place to be because as a person that's committed to growth and wellness and self actualizing and always pushing, always pushing. It was the first time, and all of the pushing that I'm doing, and all of the I'm going to set my New Year's resolution for the the new year. It was the first time that made me where I was like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Just chill. Let's just look at what you have already. Like maybe if you stop trying to go, oh, I want to do more and say, and I think I've been struggling with the social. That's the problem. That's my problem. I really have been struggling with social. And I've been comparing my social to my sisters. Because I think at some point I did that when I was blending in the sensory world. But as I, in the last 10, 15 years, and I've become more comfortable in my intuitive self and I'm not blending anymore and I'm not masking. And so me leaning into my intuitive self is more about, it's like justice work. I think I know I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not blending, but Like I said, it was just a small moment yesterday. Like, do I still have goals for the social? Yes. Do I still want to stretch myself? Yes. But it was just a small moment last night where I was like, but wait a minute. You're not supposed to have a social life like that because you're not a censor. One of the things that I'm going to close here. Um, One of the things that also came up for me yesterday as I've been processing, like, my resolution what is my resolution going to be and like honestly this whole social thing you can tell me go into this school and it's a hot mess like nobody nobody's achieving they're fighting all the time paperwork is it. and i am like send me in there i'll clean it up i'm not intimidated by that send me in i'll clean it up but it's something about building a social life that is i feel completely inept completely and what I what I just it occurred to me yesterday is like you're not starting from ground zero you have a social respect that appreciate that and lean into it do more of it so I started off this reflection talking about the husband and wife team and I think I derailed it and and went off into a tangent somewhere but what I was going to say is they did an episode. I think I don't know if it was entitled this, but this was a takeaway. Life is not a dress rehearsal. Stop thinking, oh, I'm gonna, I, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm gonna do the real performance one day. Right now, I'm just practicing. No, this is it. There's a YouTube guy that says he ends his he ends his videos by saying, "Make it a good one. Make today a good one." Because you won't ever have it again. That's deep. Make this day a good day. Today. Not tomorrow. Make today a good day. Because you're not going to have it again. There will never be another Gen, uh, uh, December 31st, 2023. Ever again. There will be another. There will be another Sunday. There will be another 31st it'll be another january 31st but they will never be another january 31st of 2023 never that's deep so the grass is not greener on another side it is it is it is green right where i am because i'm gonna foster that And the other thing the husband and wife team said and talked about INTJs and social, like, we can social, but we've got to be in control of the environment. We want to do a certain kind of social. I used to have, I used to, well, not a lot, but I was, I hate that I lost this, but I went through a phase where I'm like, I'm going to have parties. I think I told you guys, and then I would bring, I would have these house parties, and I would invite people from different parts of my life. I did maybe three of them. And I just, and I remember when I did it, it was like, it was monumental. Like it was groundbreaking. I'm actually ready to have a party. And it was a little stressful because I didn't know if the people that I invited was going to like my form of partying. Right. So I'm trying. So I did break down and I did Christmas Eve with the larger family. You guys know, I said I wasn't going to do it, but. With my person being really sick. We don't know how much time is left. And this is what she wants to do. So I want to spend that time with her. So yes I did go and spend time with the larger family. And I brought out a game. That I had. One of my games. Um, it's, it's a head game. You know it's a thinking game. Um, from in my 20's. That's how old the game was. I had this game when I was probably 26, 27. It's all old and bent up. I was like, "Oh lord." And I pulled that game out and I have not I have not brought First of all, I don't even go to those Christmas Eve dinners of uh, gatherings cuz I'm not in town. I don't prioritize it. And and I have not been the games person since my 20s. Because I I did that. I started doing that. And I like cerebral games. Games that require you to think. So it was pretty ballsy of me to do that yesterday. uh, Excuse me. Last week for Christmas Eve. And I did it with this attitude of. This is what you enjoy. I I don't know. It's going to be. 2024 is going to be so interesting. Because I'm on the verge of something. I cannot name it. But what I. What I. I think Christmas Eve for this year is like a window to that. That I had stopped being, I was the, the person I was blossoming into in my twenties. And you guys know, I went through a deep depression, right? I think I had gotten to a place in my twenties where I started understanding that these are the things you have to do for you that are important to you. Stop trying to live out somebody else's life. Of course, I didn't have access in my, I didn't get introduced to Myers-Briggs until my early 30s. So by my mid-20s, I didn't know about it. But re- the reality was, you're not a censor. You're not a feeler. Hell, you're not even an extrovert, even though you have a, he- a, a healthy, you know, I'm a moderate introvert. I'm not a high introvert. I'm an eight. That eight does not have me hiding. I shouldn't say hiding, but I don't regress. I don't retreat because I, my core emotion isn't fear of the outer world. It's disgust with the outer world, like it's anger, but it's not fear. So I don't hide. I don't. I don't fall back unless I'm, unless there's some kind of stress that makes me do that. But I don't live there. You know, that's not my healthy. I should put it that way because there are times when I do go to the five. But that's not, that's not the healthy me. And I just think that I started blossoming after I, after I got out of that depression, I started blossoming, but I also started doing all of these other things. I moved out of the state three times. I went and got, you know, I had finished my bachelor's in my early 20s. And then I went and pursued my master's and then I pursued my PhD and oh, I'm going to start a school and I'm going to develop curriculum. I'm going to write these books and I've been doing all of these projects, which is fine. What I'm saying now is I'm ready to tackle social and I'm ready to tackle the social with all of my cognitive functions, N-I-T-E-F-I-S-E. And I'm comfortable with N I T E, and I'm comfortable with S E y'all. I'm comfortable with the S E, but it's something about that F I, I'm not comfortable with. And I think it's because I've been overburdened by that F I. I've been overtasked for that, right? I'm, and I've been really doing some reading about when a child comes through childhood trauma. What are some of the symptoms that linger? And I talk about being from intergenerational trauma, but I really haven't confronted what parts of my personality, what parts are the result of the trauma. So I don't know. That's the social. That's the social me that I want to do that hit me last night. The green, the glass, grass is not greener. That's not your grass. My grass is not. My sister's grass. My sister is, by the way, an ISFP. That's not my grass. You're looking at her grass. Well, it could be greener because society values that grass a little bit. Society values sensory. It's sensory world because it's her sensor self because we live in primarily a, a sensor society. That's fine. Lean into your intuitive. You're gonna have an intuitive social life, and so when the husband and wife team say, "Yeah, build your party, have a party, and you create the rules for your party i I've done that I've not done it a lot, but I did it. I started doing that in my mid to late twenties. Do it more, get back to that. The podcast that I listen to the solo that's what the host talks about, having these parties with these themes, and like one party is like we're gonna we're gonna have a problem solving party." that's got nt all over it we're gonna have ai am gonna invite people over and we're gonna party and we're gonna problem solve come on now that's a i'm excited i'm like let's do that now so i don't have it worked out i don't know what it's gonna look like exactly but here's what i do know i'm gonna lean more into my grass. And I'm going to own the fact that I'm sitting on the needle. And the needle is my intuitive self. And I'm not... And here, this is it. This is it. I'm not... I'm the dog that won't get off the needle. Because the needle isn't bad for me. The needle is intuition. You Probably, it's probably not the best metaphor. But let's... Let's just, just, just give me a little grace, (laughs) y'all. That needle is not, is that needle is intuition. And guess what? It's not, it's not hurting me. It's different. It's different, but it's not hurting me because if, okay, here it is. Because all this time, all this time that I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build my social. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. Like that's what I said at the end of last year. And I told, I talked about writing this story. I'm going to envision a social life. And I've been struggling. I've not written that story. I've been struggling with that. You have to go back and listen to the totem episode. I think I talked about the totem and I did another one called like the executive, both of those episodes. I'm like wrestling with this life I want. And it didn't occur to me, I already have the life. I need to do more of it, but I already have it. I just need to do more of it. And then the last thing, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. If I really wanted a sensory-based life, I would have been doing it. Because a sensory-based life is not a hell yes Sometimes it can be a yes. Oh, I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. I can see good in it. Good is not enough. It's got to be a hell yes. And all this time, I've been wrestling with trying to get more out of the good. I've been trying to get more out of the good. I'm trying to get more out of trying to live a sensory life. It's not. I don't I don't know what it's going to look like, y'all. But here's what I'm saying. Here's. Let me wrap this up. The grass is not greener on the other side. It's greener in my yard. I'm sitting on the needle because a needle does not hurt me. Otherwise, I would move off of it because a needle is not hurting. It's my intuition, it's my intuitive life. And three, the sensor world is not a hell yes for me. It's a yes, but it's not a hell yes. And I'm going to go after the hell yes. I'm going to go after and figure out what is my hell yes. What is my green? What am I sitting on? That other people are like. Why are you still sitting on that needle? Because it's okay for me. I like it. That's why. So that might have been a little bit of a stretch with those three starting points, but and I think all of that, like just being, and 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 like just going back and just trying to link this conversation about the the sense excuse me the feelings and the emotions I don't want to be in an environment where I have to be the holder of other people's emotions Then I got to overanalyze it no and I'm only back I had already removed myself from that I'm only back in it because my person is sick and I think to this not not leaving town and staying home and bringing in the new year in the world I created, it's going to force me to do more of it. So I'm, I don't have an answer. I don't know what more is going to look like, but that's what I'm going to do. Hey, you guys, if this reflection is, has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If my conversation about, you know, being the holder of other people's feelings and, and trying to mimic and trying to accommodate other people's worlds and sacrificing my, your own, if any of that can... Uh, relates to a conversation you've had in the world. Please take this link and share with those participants. If my moving about has caused some randomness in you, I'd love to hear it. You can find me on my website at urineidom.wordpress.com on X dom one Facebook and YouTube Dom. Let me give you your assignment. What is your green? What is your needle? And what is your hell yes? Answer that question. They might be all the same answers, but go through it. What is your green? What is your needle? And what is your hell yes? You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. I'm coming back for two more episodes. But until I do, be well. Bye.